I'd like to have you talk about bobcats. Uh, are there many in the in the region? Are they okay. growing in population, or are they stable? Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, bobcats in the region, they are increasing. The overall population trend is increasing uh, since the early 1990s, and we don't actually have a uh, you know accurate census like we do with humans when we're surveying wildlife populations. All we can do is uh, create surveys and monitor trends over time. And so to monitor the bobcat populations, we have roadkill reports as well as bow hunter surveys, uh, and then any surveys we produce uh, internally to other DNR departments, to state parks and conservation officers who can report sightings of these bobcats. And so across all these surveys, we've noticed that from the 1990s to about 2015, there's been a really steady increase in the number of bobcats that are seen both in uh, the roadkill surveys as well as the bowhunter surveys, ranging from one person seeing, you know, one bobcat in the early 1990s to now they're seeing uh, five or more in a year. Uh, through these surveys, we're also able to pinpoint where these bobcat populations are doing the best. So in southwestern Indiana, you have really strong bobcat populations. And this happens to be a really good source population for the rest of the state. And so you're going to have lots of dispersal from this southwestern region throughout the rest of the state. And bobcats are uh, pretty generalistic in terms of the habitat they can uh, survive in. They are almost common throughout the United States. They live in semi-arid deserts. They live in temperate forests. They can live in mountains. So seeing them expand across uh, Indiana wouldn't surprise us at all. Tell me about the diet of uh, the bobcat. So bobcats are uh, carnivorous, and they primarily eat uh, small animals such as, uh, you know, mice, rats, squirrels. Uh, they also prey on bird species from turkey down through uh, your American woodcocks, grouse if they're out in the environment, doves. Uh, they're very uh, sight-oriented predators. They are hunting at night, they have really good night vision, and they're looking for these animals that are moving around at night. And one of those species that they uh, sometimes prey on happens to be the southern flying squirrel, which, although they are uh, a gliding species and they're typically found in trees and up in cavities, they do forage on the ground for uh, nuts, uh, lichens, sometimes even other small animals, small mammals or nestling birds. And in those instances, uh, southern flying squirrels can actually become prey for the bobcat. You know, occasionally you do have bobcats that do come in close encounters with uh, suburbia. And in those instances, you may have bobcats taking domestic cats that may be outdoor cats or even strays. Is there any interaction between coyotes and bobcats? You know, bobcats don't really have any uh, predators once they're an adult. Their largest threat is humans when they reach that adult stage. But when they are young kittens, they can be predated on by uh, anything from a red fox to another bobcat and even coyotes, as you mentioned. Uh, and, and with the coyote populations that we uh, have been observing here in Indiana, you know, that can be a possibility depending on uh, coyotes' access to a bobcat den uh, how well the mother can defend it, things like that. Uh, but it's not something that would limit the bobcat's growth, as we've been seeing uh, with bobcat populations increasing over the past few years. And other than that, they do overlap in terms of their 
preferred diet. So coyotes will also eat small mammals, uh, small reptiles, small birds, but they're separated in the time that they're active. So they don't typically interact too often with each other in terms of competition for resources since the bobcats are nocturnal. Is the bobcat considered to be a keystone species? I'd say it's a good indicator species rather than a keystone species. It's very important to have these mesopredators in the environment since we lost our top trophic predators, you know, the bears and the wolves and mountain lions with uh, westward expansion in the early 1800s. Those animals were predominantly hunted out of existence in Indiana out of fear. Uh, So they were hunted for meat. They were hunted for their furs uh, as settlers were moving further west. But it was predominantly fear that, you know, these top predators would harm humans. And so that left this this really large niche for uh, these mesopredators, these middle-sized predators, to really take over and expand. And so you see the expansion of coyotes and bobcats in areas. And so they're filling this, this empty void that large predators left, and they're able to uh, be observed in numbers that uh, likely you wouldn't have been able to see 200 years ago with top predators roaming around, uh, putting some pressure on the bobcat populations. But I wouldn't necessarily call them a keystone species, definitely uh, a necessary species in the environment, because they do eat a lot of these small rodents, which are, uh, you know, known carriers of of various tick species, uh, various pathogens that could potentially affect humans. And so with bobcats putting pressures on these lower species, such as mice and other birds, uh, they're actually doing humans a favor. By, by keeping some of those, you know, tick species down, uh, as well as pathogens that humans might come in contact with. 